0: For the final time of the 2023 college football season, it is instant analysis on the YouTube and podcast homes for BamaOnline.com. Travis Ryer, senior analyst for BOL, following the Alabama Crimson Tide's 27-20 defeat at the hands of the Michigan Wolverines in a college football playoff semifinal at the Rose Bowl, a game that was essentially battled much of it In the trenches, Alabama inept for much of the first half offensively. Give Michigan some credit for that. But Alabama turned things around there in the second half. In terms of the run game, when you look at Alabama's rushing statistics in this game, considering that Jalen Milrow was sacked six times on Monday evening to rush for 172 yards, that's still quite the total. But Alabama had opportunities there in the fourth quarter. Just not clean enough offensively in the game. I know we've talked about that throughout the season when it comes to this Alabama offense at times. Just uh, shoots itself in the foot, whether it's penalties, whether it's misfires or errant snaps for whatever reason at this point. One of the greatest mysteries in college football, Alabama football history for sure, will be the snap issue. Snap foo, as I'll call it, for eternity. How this continued over the course of 14 games and still was biting this team in the behind in the college football playoff is amazing in some ways. But there it was once again, Alabama having to overcome itself, not just because of the snaps, but you know, you have an opportunity there in a 17-13 game in the fourth quarter, drive the football down. You've already survived a Milro fumble. The defense gets you off the field without points when Michigan misses that field goal there in the fourth quarter. And you got an opportunity. That is the point in games when championship teams go down and step on next, not kick field goals to go up seven. They go down, get into the end zone, and pretty much end the football game at 24-13. Alabama looked like it was on its way to doing that offensively gets 11 yards from Jam Miller on a perimeter run, first and 10, good shape inside the Michigan 35, Michigan 30. And then you get an illegal substitution penalty that puts you in first and 15 and puts you behind the sticks. And you ultimately end up settling for the second of two 50-plus yard field goals from Will Reichard in the game. Can't say enough about Will Reichard in his swan, swan song performance. Really, Alabama special teams in general gave Alabama every chance to win that game against Michigan because James Burnup was excellent punting the football. Actually, he should have drawn at least a running into the kicker penalty in the first quarter on a fourth and four play that would have kept Alabama in possession of the football. Given the way Alabama was struggling offensively, I'm not sure it would have mattered much in the first quarter, but burnup took that shot, came back, and was outstanding. Alabama's punt team, really, in general, was great when you think about uh, the forced, uh, or the turnover on the Muff punt by Michigan. That set Alabama up on the short field in the first quarter, led to Jace McClellan's touchdown run there to give Alabama a seven to nothing lead. So Special teams, other than kickoff returns, really weren't able to get much going with Kendrick Law and a couple of kickoff returns, but Will Riker just absolutely money from distance. James Burnup very good. Caleb Downs with a hell of a play on a punt that went off Antonio Kite there in the second half to be able to jump on that football and recover it. Just again, speaks to the maturity and the awareness that is beyond his years for the true freshman Caleb down. So there were some positive things and you got to give Michigan credit. Michigan uh, very good plan defensively from the start. You know, wasn't really interested in sort of sitting back and letting Jalen, you know, have an opportunity to work the, the passing game. Uh, came after him aggressive. And, you know, I thought Alabama settled in defensively um, as the game moved along, especially there in the second half, did an outstanding job. I mean, Blake Corum, I think he finished with four and a half, 4.4 yards per carry. One of my five predictions uh, yesterday at BamaOnline.com was that he would not rush for four yard, more than four yards per carry in the game. He ended up at 4-4. Well, two of those carries were for 25 yards in overtime when he scored the game-winning touchdown and hit Alabama with a couple of runs. But four-minute football is, to me, what this game really came down to. Yes, there were situations where Alabama, again, could have helped itself a lot more. Even Jalen's fumble that Michigan didn't turn into points, you know, that's a lost possession. You know, that's an opportunity right there in the fourth quarter to go down and get something done. So, you know, even if it was just a field goal in that situation in retrospect, uh, it would have been big. So lost opportunities, uh, Michigan takes advantage, and so the Crimson Tide season ends at 12-2, and as the SEC champions Nick Saban in his postgame remarks alongside Jalen Milrow from the Rose Bowl referred to it as one of the most amazing seasons in Alabama football history. What do you think of that? You can chime in via the comments right now here on Instant Analysis. A lot of heat on Jalen. It wasn't Jalen's best football game. I'll give you that. Uh, just never seemed to get comfortable I thought maybe later in the second quarter he was starting to do that but the decisiveness just wasn't there and I think sometimes it was due in part because Michigan did a nice job with its plan I don't think Mich- uh, Michigan was going to allow Jalen to get comfortable with any concept they weren't going to spy him a lot they weren't going to blitz him all the time although they did bring the pressure there early um, and again just it, the game wasn't clean enough offensively, and I know we've talked about that throughout the season. And when you think about off-season to-do list for this Alabama football program, first-year offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach and Tommy Reese, first-year starter at this point, both those guys are essentially second-year guys when you get fourteen games in the season. But that's got to be at the top of the list: administrating games, managing games, uh, avoiding the situations where. You know, you're trying to finish a game with four minute offense and you put yourself in first and 15. And so, you know, Alabama, even in overtime, had those chances. It looked like Jalen on that little fake toss and keep a counter off of that action. I thought he was going to score Michigan defensive back, made a hell of a tackle. That was bigger than a lot of people probably realized at the time because the tackle happened at the nine yard line. So it was not just first and goal. It was first and goal from the nine, and that's never easy. Alabama still had its chances, again, even after some snap issues and some some busts up front uh, that saw Jason McClellan, the run game stuff there. And so you get into a situation where it's fourth and goal from the three, and Saban said afterward that he liked the first play call they had on He thought that Michigan realized it was the right play call for what Michigan wanted to do defensively, and so uh, Michigan called timeout, and then uh, Alabama went with another play call coming out of the timeout, didn't like the look that it got from the Michigan defense, so Alabama burns the timeout, and according to Saban, Tommy Reese, and understandably so, wants to keep the ball in Jalen Milrow's hands. He wanted a design quarterback run. Now, you know, we can look at it in retrospect and say run pass option there. Uh, but Jalen from the three on a design run, I, I like the possibilities of that. Now, the, the fourth down play starts with another snap that is about knee level. And when you start pulling linemen and things like that, and we saw this on some other plays in the game, you know, that can really cost you in terms of the timing that's required on a play like that. And you had Jaden Roberts pull out from the right guard position and come left. And it looked like Michigan was dead set on taking away anything in the A gaps or even the B gaps. So it was going to have to be perimeter based. But you did have Jaden pulling around and you watch it on the replay. I'm not sure if the snap, forced Jalen into a mode where he felt like he just had to go in that situation and just run it straight up the A-gaps, but there was nothing there. Maybe if he stays behind Jaden or he's able or thinks he has time to let it set up a little bit, he can stay behind Jaden and try to follow him into the end zone, but it didn't work out that way. Alabama comes up a couple yards short, and so that's a wrap for the 2023 football season for the SEC champion, Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, We'll get to your comments uh, as we move throughout the program. And look, I already see in the comments a lot of talk about, again, it's going to fall mostly in a game like this on guys like Jalen Milrow, Tommy Reese. Um, Defensively, I thought there were some issues. You had some busts. You had the fourth and two where you had a chance to effectively end the game. And you don't just give up the fourth and two, you give up an explosive play. And even with the block in the back at the end of it, Terry and Arnold, Michigan's got the ball now out near midfield, you know, and there's that drive kind of reminded me of Clemson in Tampa when Alabama couldn't get off the field. I mean, that's not Deshaun Watson. All right. JJ McCarthy's a nice player. I know he was the MVP, all those things. Somebody had to be. In a game like this. I don't know if there, there really was an MVP in this game, but it was McCarthy when it was over. Uh, and Deontay Lawson gets a hand on that football that it looks like is gonna eventually be intercepted by Malachi Moore. Malachi reacting to it ends up getting out of position, which not only allows the catch by Roman Wilson, he's able to take it and turn it up the sideline and get inside the Alabama 10. So Those are the kind of things that happen late in games. I think a lot of times when you look at games like this, it comes down to a defense having a chance to get off the field and isn't able to do it. And usually when that happens, and it happened twice to Alabama last year, Alabama couldn't get off the field. We can talk about the pass interference call on Malachi in Knoxville. Bottom line was it got called. Alabama couldn't get off the field defensively. And then you think about, the overtime lost LSU last year where Alabama had chances in the fourth quarter to close that game out against Jaden Alexander could, uh, uh, Jaden Daniels, excuse me. And couldn't do it. So, uh, typically when those things happen, it's, uh, it's tough. It's tough to finish games the way, uh, the way you want to. And there was some good play design by, uh, Michigan. They did some things kind of anticipated the backs for Michigan Being involved, the tight ends really weren't as much of a factor, uh, but Michigan certainly hurt hurt Alabama with the touchdown pass to Blake Corum there in the first half. That was excellent play design. Kind of washed it out with three guys coming across from the left, and then Corum, you know, releases across almost like a, a mesh concept. Except Michigan used three guys coming from the left and Corum going back left, going back left. Uh yet a couple guys, Coram and another guy open on that play, but it was Quorum who caught it and scored. And um, you know, Alabama just defensively struggled to make plays behind the line of scrimmage. I think it was one sack, and that was the long tackle for loss for Alabama. Alabama decided defensively to go with pretty much its big nickel. You know, we had talked about that in the lead up to the game, too, as far as would Alabama go big nickel against all this 12 personnel, these two tight ends, and uh, sometimes 22, 21 personnel with two backs that Michigan likes to employ? Um, they went with pretty much the big nickel. I think there was a very little bit of base in the game Monday night, uh, and it, it was tough in the first half. I thought Michigan offensively really dictated a little bit to Alabama in the first half. So when you looked up, After that Will Reichard field goal, pretty much going into the break, and it's 13 to 10, you feel pretty good about this thing. And Alabama uh, in the second half responded under 100 yards of offense in the first half, second half, uh, pretty good bit better. Uh, Alabama with, well, close to 200 yards total offense in the second half for the game, just 288. Jalen goes 16 of 23 for 116 yards, that's just five yards per attempt. So Michigan really took away the explosive plays. Alabama did not have a completion longer than 15 yards in the game. That was Isaiah Bond, who led Alabama with four catches for 47 yards. Excuse me, he had a catch of 29. That was the longest pass play in the game for Alabama, which was, we know, throughout this season, has really thrived where the explosive passing game is concerned. It was not a factor for Alabama. First game this season, I believe, that Jalen Milrow averaged under eight yards per pass attempt, and he was at five. Alabama on third downs, just three of 13. Michigan just two of 11. Rushing yards again. Alabama, before the six sacks were taken out, and this is what makes this thing a little bit more, is that there was so much talk about the run games for both these teams. Alabama, with sacks not factored in, had 221 rushing yards. Chase McClellan, 14 for 87, a couple of touchdowns. Boy, Jace certainly looked healthy, didn't he? Monday night, Jalen, even though he was sacked six times, ran for 63 yards. So you take all those sack. It was forty-nine sack yardage, forty-nine sack yards that Alabama uh, was hit with on those six sacks. So uh, you know he's over a hundred before you factor in the sacks. How about Justice Haynes getting some run? A true freshman, seven point eight yards per carry on four carries for thirty-one yards. Jam Miller just one carry, but it did go for the eleven yarder that we talked about earlier. We saw Roydell. Um, and Jace early in the game, but Alabama got in there with uh with justice and then some Jam Miller as well. But the explosive plays, again, just a uh, non-factor for Alabama in this one. Uh, JJ McCarthy, 17 of 27, two twenty-one, and three touchdowns. Actually, a pretty impressive stat line uh when you look at it, and really good down the stretch. I mean, when his team needed him, JJ McCarthy got the job done. I'm going to try to get to some of the comments here. Hopefully they're not uh they're not too too over the top. Yeah, it might be uh Yeah, SK he's asking here. I wonder if that last play was the actual call or if Miller went rogue and called his own number. Um that was the play call. Now, you know, again, I think the execution wasn't great, I think you could probably start with the offensive line. You could start with the snap again, not being where it needed to be um and then Jalen just pretty much deciding to run it straight up the a gaps when you got a puller and jaden Roberts working back to the left. There was not much good about it, as we talked about earlier, um as we talked about earlier. Um, they went through about three different three different play calls over the course of those final timeouts there in overtime the Michigan timeout, the Alabama timeout. Paul Witt checking in here, surprised we didn't attack the edge more with runs and the quick passing game. Yeah. I I felt like Paul Alabama offensively wasn't patient enough, uh, especially early in the game. You know, pretty much came out throwing. And we had talked about it. Yes, this Michigan defense had been stout against the run. But when you look at their games against quality opposition, they had given up some yards to Penn State. They'd given up some rushing yards to Ohio State. So, you know, I felt like not just in terms of run pass either, um, but in in the passing game. Now, there were opportunities, uh, once again, to kind of work shorter routes and i don't blame that all on tommy reese i think there's time still when jalen has chances or opportunities to come down even on his fumble there in the fourth quarter that he lost you know he's got jam miller out there in the left flat all by himself uh and jalen wasn't really decisive about anything on that play and it ended with a turnover and again credit to the defense uh for getting through that and uh and making, making uh, Michigan settle for the field goal attempt, uh, but not be able to to connect on it. So, still trying to work through some uh, some comments here. Sam checking in. The defense needed that stop with five minutes to go. Sorry, but all of our linebackers didn't show up today. You have to give Michigan credit; they executed better than Alabama. You know, Sam. I think that's put pretty well. Uh, four minute football. That's, that's a lot of it. And Alabama wasn't good enough in the final four minutes and coaches, they talk so much about it, four minute offense, uh, getting off the field defensively. Uh, I give Michigan's players a lot of credit too. And you're right. I thought that there were times, you know, I, I I thought that again, you know, there are instances where you're a little light in terms of personnel not just in terms of schematically, right? Like you say, well, you're a nickel and you're catching against this run game for Michigan in the first half, Alabama adjusted at the half and, and kind of went with more of a bear looking front and they had success with that, uh, against the run, but you know, there's situations where, you know, guys have got to make plays, you know, the, uh, the crossing route there in the first half where it looks like Deontay Lawson is just beat. Well, he is beat. You know why? Cause he's trying to run with a slot receiver and that's not going to work, but you've got a safety in the neighborhood who should be able to support you in that. And you don't get the support you need from that. So it goes from, you know, kind of a, a, a mild completion, a moderate completion to an explosive play down inside your five or your ten. You know, and those are things that have happened throughout this season. Um, I felt like Alabama pretty much throughout the season was probably a DB short. And I'm not talking about Trey Amos because I thought Trey Amos again in this game did some good things um, when he had uh, had the opportunity. we're getting uh sky here problem is alabama has not played a good defense like michigan's really you, you thought uh he thought georgia wasn't good you know i'll tell you this much alabama didn't run for 172 with six sacks against it um against georgia didn't get sacked six times against georgia but uh but still uh but still did pretty well uh, ran the football. And the big thing against Georgia was when Alabama had the opportunity to close the game out, um, they were able to do it there in the final three or four minutes. Bill Williams checking in here. Oh, well, the tide went further this year than what I thought. Yeah, Bill, you know, you go back to that South Florida post game there. Um, and I don't think any of us thought this team would be in a college football playoff in overtime in the Rose Bowl in early January. I I didn't have a sense that this was one of those teams. Um, but look, the standard is what it is at Alabama. Once you get to this point, the expectation is for you to go ahead and finish the deal. Now, uh, I tend to agree in large part with Nick Saban in that, It's one of the more amazing seasons that I can recall for Alabama football. Again, given where this deal was uh, just a couple months ago, to win an SEC, to snap Georgia's 29-game winning streak. Um, Yeah, and to go into next season with a lot of promise and probably a top two, top three preseason ranking, you would think it's more than I would have thought. Yes, back in – Mid-September, no doubt about it. Anthony Cabot says the O-line was getting wrecked all game. I don't know. I don't think you run. I don't think you have a couple of backs put up the numbers like they did, Tony. If, you're, uh, if your backs are just, if your offensive line's getting total. Now, they had their issues. I thought early in the game they just struggled with some pressure looks, especially. It looked like they were getting some three-on-twos out there on the tackles. You saw Caden Proctor struggle with it early. Uh, there was some intrigue as to his availability in the pregame, but he, he made it work and was able to go. Uh, you saw it with J.C. Latham, I think, on a sack. And this is part of teams having a month to prepare for a game like this. And I thought, um, I thought Michigan staff did a nice job on both sides of the ball, probably of taking advantage of that, like the touchdown pass early to Corum, uh, that concept, they worked there. And then some of the looks that they gave Alabama uh, in terms of pass rush and some of it simulated, but some of it uh, a good bit in terms of, of real numbers. So, you know, Alabama's offensive line wasn't great from start to finish. I thought some of the pre-snap stuff again. Uh, it, it'll eventually get you, you know. If you don't play clean enough on offense, um, it'll eventually get you at some point. And I think that was part of what happened uh, in this game. Let's see what else we got here. Anthony with another question. More question. Why the heck? Why did Michigan take a timeout? At the half, what was that? What the hell was it? Yeah, that was a weird sort of end of regulation. And, boy, what what a moment there with the big, big punt from James Burnup. And you got the return guy uh, that's checked in fresh, it seemed like, for Michigan. He muffs it initially inside the 10 and then goes back, picks it up. And, boy, you go back and you watch that, and it looks like Kendrick Law is going to force that ball out. And if that doesn't go for an Alabama touchdown, it's probably going to go for a safety, which at that point, it's pretty much the ball game because even with a safety, you're up two and Michigan's got to try an onside kick from like its own 20, I guess. But um, that was was a big, big uh, retention, I guess you could say, for Michigan to hang on to the football there because I was pretty sure in real time that Kendrick was going to force that fumble and Alabama might have gotten out of there uh in regulation time. Marshall Gilliam checking in here. Great call on that tackle by their D B on Milro and OT. I thought same thing. Now we have first and goal from the nine. Yeah, Marshall. We were uh we were on the same same wavelength. No doubt about it. Um on that one. Anthony says that Texas or Washington is going to expose that Michigan secondary. They might, um, but they're going to have to protect too. Which I think Texas can. And I'll tell you this: I, I'm I've got the the Texas Washington game on over here. Not watching it right now, but I do know this: I picked Washington in this game, and in large part because I thought Penix could. Do his magic, and I I thought those receivers for Washington could do a number on Texas's secondary, but I guess I need to check in and uh, and see what's going on there. Um, Sully four six two says Dallas Turner said he's going pro. Ain't no ifs and or buts about it. This according to ESPN's Alex Scarborough. I mean, when you think about, you know, this, this team and the, the NFL guys, um, yeah, I mean, Dallas is one of those guys. I mean, he was been a been a first round mock guy for better part of a year or more at this point. And so you would certainly expect that to be the case, along with JC Latham and Kool Aid McKinstry, and you know, maybe Terry and Arnold. You know, it was it was tough on that fourth and two because it looked like Terrion carried that wide receiver down the field. Somebody blew something there, whether it was Tarrion not supposed to run with the wide receiver, um, but but somebody got uh, somebody busted because Corum not only had plenty of space to convert the fourth and two, I mean that thing turned into a <laughs> turned into a uh Turned into an explosive play again, even after, uh, even after the, the block in the back penalty against Michigan, Bill Cummings, the early season mistakes, mostly corrected by season's Zen, came back with a vengeance tonight. Great year next year will be even better. Could be again, you think about the NFL guys, uh, you think about the transfer portal, which I would think that's going to get pretty newsy here in the next, uh in the next couple of days, because that window is about to shut here in a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, uh, even with all of that, I would think that this is a team uh, that that is very formidable. You know, I, you, you look at the offensive line, Tyler Booker, uh, what do you do at center moving forward? Um, you bring back Jaden Roberts. You would think um, Caden Proctor. You got some young tackles. You just went to the uh, transfer portal to bring in Texas A&M's NyQuil uh, He is, to me, more of a big picture guy. You know, I don't see him as Tyler Steen coming in. Maybe he wins the job at the one tackle spot, uh, but I think he's going to have to compete. I think he is a guy that, you know, still need some polish. Uh, you think about the wide receiver positions, you know, and, and 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 how that works. And, you know, Marshall, once again, checking in here uh, with a point about those guys. I don't understand, not just the last play call, but I envisioned seeing Bond and Prentice running crossers behind the linebackers, behind the rush, running them side to side early, but just dropbacks. Yeah, you know, I think, what you saw early in the game was if you'll remember there was like a miscommunication or what looked to be one between Jalen and Kendrick Law and it looked like a pressure similar to what Georgia brought in the SEC championship game and if you remember when Alabama needed it late in that game and Georgia was bringing those guys a little bit more in the fourth quarter um bond slipped in behind it and you're right they hit it and they made georgia pay for it alabama never made michigan pay for its aggressiveness really um other than just running the football which worked pretty well for alabama's backs i mean even Jalen again with all the sacks had over 60 rushing yards but you're right and i kind of thought the same thing you know where is some of that replace the blitzer or replace the pressure look with someone in that spot and tried too early I thought but Kendrick really didn't get his head around or kind of ran the route a little long it looked like and Jalen's getting rid of the football before Kendrick knows the ball is the ball is coming. Richard James checking in here. Didn't see one deep ball tonight from Milrow. I guess he didn't have time. Milrow did not have a good game. Not the most memorable performance for not only Jalen, but pretty much I think everyone on offense is going to take a bite of this one. Um, Jalen did try to get deep. Uh, I know he tried at least one to Jermaine down the Michigan sideline, it looked like, and uh, didn't really have a chance. I don't think Jalen kept it on the field. And it was good coverage. It really wasn't there. It it was another one of those where it was maybe a little bit impatient um, as much as anything else. Sam checking in. Bama had a nice drive moving after the half. The snaps by the center killed the drive. Bama really needs to start developing a new center. It's just been inexplicable this season because no one saw this coming with the snaps because this is a guy this is a center we've seen snap shotgun snaps before the season so i i don't really have an exclam, uh explanation for it damn one of the damn again in all my years of watching alabama football one of the most one of the most biggest mysteries um that i can recall really is um not just because it's an issue, it's that it was an issue for 14 games pretty much. I guess maybe Middle Tennessee it wasn't as much, but it seemed like after that it was almost every week and it just never got fixed. Which for a Nick Saban staff and a Nick Saban coach team, um, you know, and you know, I see some comments in here five sacks can make a center jumpy. Okay. But there were games where there weren't five sacks and they were still still issues. Ed Keeley checking in here. Milrow's pocket awareness and decision making can be very suspect at times. He's still a work in progress. He is. Um, you know, but I I I think if you're going to be negative about some of what he did in this game, you also got to recognize they don't win an SEC championship without Jalen Milrose this year so in the big picture the future is still very bright for Jalen Milrow does he still have a to-do list absolutely I don't think really any player on this team doesn't have one but when you look at the quarterback position and all that has to go into it that list is always going to be longer than say your left guard or your uh defensive end you know, there's always going to be more on that guy's uh, list. But I know this. I know the coaches, I know the players. His teammates obviously respect him a hell of a lot. You know, he's voted a permanent team captain. That tells me a lot about this guy. And so, um, you know, you just continue to build. As I said earlier, for he and Tommy Reese, the continuation, this just needs to be a building block. This needs to be um you know, something that you, you've got all this data now. You got 14 games, well, 13 games for Jalen of tape. Uh, you know what works well for him. So you n- know what you need to expound on in terms of his continued development. Not just in terms of as a passer or those kind of things, but processing, administering the game. I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure Tommy Reese would love to give him more responsibilities. You know, instead of like we saw from Alabama pretty much throughout the season. Now, there, there, there's not going to be a Bryce Young uh, that comes through every other year or so. You know, Bryce was, I don't know, maybe Bryce was given too much at times with Bill O'Brien. Uh, but certainly if you're Tommy Reese, you want to see that trust factor in Jalen just continue to rise so that, you know, he sees things on his own, is able to make adjustments on his own, because it's more than just, you know, throwing the football or keeping the ball in the zone read. You'd love for him to set protections on his own, you know, make sure those things are taken care of pre-snap, a lot of that stuff. And I'm sure it will be. I'm sure it will be addressed. I'm sure Jalen will improve. Uh, But to get 12 wins, to get an SEC title, to get wins over Georgia, LSU, Tennessee, Auburn an old miss team now that there's gonna be so much hype about going back into going into next season. It's a damn good year and it was a damn good year for for Jalen you know I know it didn't end the way anybody wanted it to uh but I'm not gonna let this just totally overtake everything this team accomplished and everything that guys like Jalen Milrow, the growth that they showed throughout the season um but I agree for one night for this game, whether it was the break, whether it's Michigan, whether it was probably a little bit of all of that Alabama's plan, that wasn't a decisive Jalen Milrow that we saw. And again, there's a lot of things uh, that'll go into that. But when you when you think about another season coming up and you've got a quarterback in place like this, That's a strength for your football team. And it's not just with him. I mean, it's this room in general, regardless of what happens with guys like Ty Simpson, maybe some others. Who knows? We know Tyler Buckner's going back to lacrosse. Uh, With Julian Sayan coming in, the nation's top-rated quarterback for the 2024 cycle. With promising guys like Dylan Lonergan around. uh, With Eli still around. Uh, it's a it's a good, good group moving forward. And and Jalen's gonna be at the top of it <laughs> when uh when uh when 2024 rolls around. Eric Jackson says that Alabama, Michigan was for the championship for the whole thing. You think so? I'm checking in over here, and Texas and Washington are 14-14. Regardless, it's gonna be an interesting matchup next Monday night in terms um, uh, in terms of styles, right, with what Michigan wants to do and, you know, what Texas and, and Washington like to do. Uh, Pennix gives any team and those receivers a puncher's chance. I, I still think uh, if Texas will stick with balance throughout the rest of this game, they still have a good shot at getting home, literally, because the game's in Houston. <laughs> Next Monday night, so you could have Texas and Michigan in Houston. I'll tell you who doesn't want Texas or who doesn't want Washington-Michigan. Who doesn't want the Rose Bowl matchup in Houston is the Houston Ticket Man. Houston Ticket Man wants those Longhorns at home against the uh, Michigan Wolverines. I, I I think it'll be a fascinating matchup. I think it would have been if, if Alabama uh, had gotten there. Yeah, Ed's checking in here on that last play again. Um, Excuse me. It was somebody else that was checking in. Ben Weiss, no pick play for the last play? Garbage. Yeah, pick plays uh, in that spot. I, I thought, I was surprised that it was um, an interior quarterback run. I will say that. Uh, apparently, Michigan was not. They They played it perfectly. Um again, maybe Jalen, if he's a little bit more patient, it's a tough spot because it's the last play of the season if you don't score. So I get it. You're gonna you're gonna hit it hard. Uh, but if he's able to get behind a pulling Roberts, maybe he gets in. But I was thinking perimeter some way, somehow, you know, getting moving, uh maybe to his right, flood that right side. And give him that option, run pass option over there. But Alabama thought an interior run would work and it uh it did not. <laughs> oh gosh, we got some Michigan fans checking in. <laughs> Maybe you guys can hire Ryan Day. Oh. Tough one for Ohio State too tonight, right? Ooh. Um Leonard Taylor. Nick Saban is a class act. Thank you, Bama, for an awesome game. There you go, Leonard. Um, But yeah, Richard James, he had an idea. Hey, maybe not a bad one either, Richard. Richard checking in with that last play was perfect setup for the Tim Tebow jump pass. With the way Michigan played that thing, yeah. Run it up in there, stop. Throw that little lob. Into the end zone? Well, maybe uh, maybe Rich is on to something. Yeah, now we got everybody in here that, that knew it all along from the Michigan perspective too. Knew it all along when uh, couldn't get a first down for about a quarter and a half in the second half. And Alabama was just running the football. It's always fun though, right? That's why it's fun. We all knew it. We all knew it all along. What did I know, by the way? with these five predictions at BamaOnline.com. Let's run through those real quick before we get out of there. My first prediction was Michigan running back Blake Corum will not average more than four yards per carry. He averaged 4.4. Now, he did it. He got over 4.4 in overtime with those two carries for 25 yards, but he did it. I wasn't planning on, I guess I wasn't planning on overtime. I also predicted Alabama quarterback Jalen Miller will attempt fewer than 27 passes. He attempted 23 Jalen did average just five yards per pass attempt. Alabama could not get between protection and, um, just, uh, struggles could not get the vertical or even the deep intermediate game going. I also had, uh, Michigan will not have a scrimmage play of 40 yards or more. Michigan did have a scrimmage play of 38, but not one of 40 or more. I had Alabama will rush for more than 100 yards. Alabama rushed for more than 160, despite six sacks. So, all of these kind of tell you stats are for losers, right? At Alabama, winning the game by a score of 24 17 was right there in that ballpark. I just didn't see Michigan scoring really 20 or more in regulation. And it took about what 58 and a half minutes, but Michigan got to 20 to force overtime. I didn't see a game at all that was going to be USC, Texas in the Rose Bowl from 2006 or even Georgia, Oklahoma in 2018, although Georgia, Oklahoma did go to overtime with the dogs getting the job done. I thought this was going to be a grinder and it really was for much of it, but Michigan gets the job done. Michigan advances to Houston for a national championship matchup with, as we're watching here in the second quarter, either Texas or Washington who are deadlocked at 14 with about a little under five minutes to go until halftime in New Orleans. Hey, it's been a lot of fun doing this throughout the season. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Appreciate you hanging out with us on the roundtable at BamaOnline.com. We're going to continue to update things right there at BOL. And on the roundtable, there's still some recruiting to figure out for this Alabama football team where the 2024 cycle is is concerned, not just in terms of some premier high school targets that are still out there, but the transfer portal as well, potentially. And so we're going to have all of that covered for you at BamaOnline.com. If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube page, we certainly hope you'll do that. Please hit that subscribe button, turn on those notifications. You'll get all of our video content as it drops right here on YouTube. Travis Schreier, thanking you once again. Have a happy new year, everyone, and we'll be back with you right here on the YouTube and podcast homes for BamaOnline.com real, real soon. So long, everybody.